Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Biology Report. Damien Fleming here, as always. Um, Plenty happening in cricket this week. Uh, The Aussie women continue to dominate uh, the Meg Lanning team. Well, we had the Invincibles of 1948. Well, I think Meg's team, uh, the Winnables, they've won 21 wins in a row. The IPL's cracking along, some amazing batting and fielding and some particularly poor guitar work, which we'll we'll discuss a little bit later from an Aussie legend. Uh, At home, Sheffield Shield starts this week. And our guest is an 11-time T20 superstar. I'm sick of winning. He tweeted out straight after that 11th win at Siri, Dan Christian. But first up, a man who's living the hub life, Peter Hanscom. Day three of hub life. How the routine's going, mate? Hey, Flem. Uh, yeah, starting to get into, <laughs> get into the routine. Um, yeah, day three today. Uh, which meant we actually finally got to get outside. Um, we were delayed with our training, unfortunately, due to a bit of uh, wet weather, and we didn't have a wet weather schedule program that we we could have gone to. Uh, so obviously that had to, to go to the government, take some time, come back to us. So we eventually got out to this morning, mate, bit of gym, bit of a run, a couple of guys uh, were able to have some indoor nets, um, but mate, it was geez, it was nice to get out of the hotel room. And how big are the groups at this stage? So, Flynn, we've got to stay in groups of four. Um, so we've been given, yeah, given groups of four. Everyone's got a leader that kind of lets everyone know what, what's going on with each day. Um, and once we, so police come and get us out of our rooms. Wow. Grab our grab us as a four. Is that? If I could stop you there, is that the first time police have actually gone to your room? No, no, no. We get we get the police coming to our room twice a day um, okay. to make sure that we're in the rooms and we are who we say we are. And we have. Oh, I was leading pre-hub life. Have you oh, pre-hub. had any trouble with For, the oh, a couple of couple of times in my youth, uh, Flynn, But we won't touch on that. A, well, I'm worried. Is Mickey Lewis still bowling over there? Or coach? He likes to roll the arm over every now and then, but he bowls off about 17 yards uh, with a brand new ball. So, um, and the boys are trying to team up, which is great fun. It's bloody, it's, it's awesome, mate. It's good fun. But um, how do they yeah. choose the four, Pete? Is it like at school you have a, three or four captains and you just choose the the kid and the unathletic kid gets picked last? Yes, yeah, the majority vote um, or the the popularity vote. So they've uh, getting getting all the good guys together. No, it's um. 
we basically put it to like a bowler and a couple of batters with a coach um, and tried to tried to get that around uh, so that everyone can kind of facilitate each other. Uh, the bowler can bowl to the batsman, the batsman can throw or wang to the bowler uh, and a coach can kind of oversee it all, make sure everyone's doing the right thing. Um, but yeah, we've got to be, we've got to be careful because when we're, when we're at training, trying to move around is, is extraordinary. So we've got like a, a three hour block that we can go out, but we're only allowed in certain sections yeah. an hour at a time. So once our hour's up, in comes the, in comes the cavalry. And it's like, all right, everyone stop, form a line, move to your next station kind of set up. But mate, it's, it's actually awesome to be able to yeah. do this in quarantine and get, get outside. Um, I know we're talking to, talking to Siri later and he's got a very, very different quarantine over in Perth. Um, so we're pretty lucky to be, to be able to get outside. And is he, um, and, and have any of the boys had some problems so far? Are they all getting well, in? Well, I, I guess the only problem so far, mate, is that uh, as, a, as a group, we've got quite a young group. Um, and these, these kids these days, like, they love their Playstations and they love their games and stuff like that. Um, got some really young guys that were talking up how good they were at Formula One on, on PlayStation. And I'm like, all right, let's, let's see what's going on here. So I went out for quarantine and I've, before quarantine. I've got myself a PlayStation and the F1 game. I'm gonna, and I've, I've started taking them on. Now, we, we've got about a group of 15 that just race each other. This is awesome. Um, we've got microphones. We've got the headset so we can, um, we can abuse each other while we're out in the track. and. And, and have uh, a lot of fun. But, mate, these youngsters are terrible. I've played a game like a couple of weeks. I've polled, I've polled one race. I've, I've come second and third in another. There was one where I didn't finish. I got absolutely cleaned up first corner of the race um, and the abuse that flew out of my mouth was, was something terrible. But, um, yeah, the, the youngster's just not quite as good on the PlayStation. The first name names, though. Who besides you, who's dominating and, and who are the youngsters that were talking it up? Because I remember when Ricky Ponting was just about to retire, I said, you know, what, what's happening out there? And he goes, on the field, you wouldn't believe it. You know, when we were talking to each other, sledging, um, uh, Payne's keeping and sledging, he'll finance the bowler hmm. that he was going to take him out tonight on the tour of duty. And then... <laughs> Butterworth to be coming in from points, and now I'm yep. going to get you two. And it's just—it's a different world. Oh yeah, we go at each other. It's—it's it's good fun, but I reckon that's a sign of love. Yep. Um, when you be able to, and it's in Australia, when you have a crack at your mate, it's because you love him. Yes. Um, which is great. Uh, but Mitch Perry is the uh, is the F1 driver, probably the the Lewis Hamilton of our group. Um, oh, wow. Phenomenal. Just yeah. who's winning everything? I won't. I won't have a chance of beating him unless. My teammate can take him out, maybe, and yep. then I. Well, so that might be the team plan moving forward. I think it should be. Um, but John Merlo talked a massive game uh, coming into it and has just gone missing. Uh, hasn't finished races. Uh, complains a lot. Like tries a few illegal maneuvers. Tried to take out a few people. It's just, yeah, it's a shame. Shame it's to see. Really. College boy, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah that might be it. Doing your school proud. Of- I worry about that. Um, big Suds, he's Scotch boy as well. Yep, yep. He's terrible on the F1 as well. Yeah, yeah. So. I think good leadership as captain. Shake and bake. Oh, yeah. Bake. If you ain't first, you're last. 
Um, hey, mate, since we last did the podcast, we had some terribly sad news for Victorian cricket, Australian cricket, with the passing of Dean Jones. And um, it was so sudden, you know, 59 years of age over there in India. He was just about to um, start commentating on the IPL, um, you know, in a dugout area. I actually did it a couple of years ago there and he, and he loved it. And the Indian fans all loved him, you know, firstly on the back of that great 210. Um, 986, but you know, he really got along well with the other commentators like Scotty Storis, and really, really sad. And you know, obviously, condolences to to Jane and 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 the daughters Phoebe and Isabel, and and also you know the heroics of Brett Lee, you mm-hmm. know, to, to try yeah. and revive him, and you know, still later on commentating, um, you know, that night was, was unbelievable. But um. You know, you, you would have been too young to, to, to watch him in his prime, but, you know, he really was a larger-than-life character. You know, he was flamboyant, uh, arrogant, um, mm-hmm. had ca- real charisma. And I think that's shown through with the amount of people that said they had, you know, his poster on their wall. Um, yep. And not just, just cricket fans. You know, it's legends like Ricky Ponting, yep. I mean, Martin, Michael Clark, And, you know, it's, it says to me that... Um, you know, he's going to leave a lasting impact, you know, as a player. And with one-day cricket, yes, his stroke play was was amazing, but he mm-hmm. wasn't the first player to do that. But it was a lot of those one percenters which the modern-day player nails, you know, that, that running between the wickets, yep. you know, pressuring the outfielders, you know, to push ones to twos, twos to threes. Um, and a real innovator as well, you know, like he loved it, you know, the first time sunglasses, you know, yeah. he's wearing them. The lip cream on the bottom lip. Yeah, um, he didn't care though. It was, it was what he wanted to do and and how he he wanted to play the game. And I think yeah. that was that was great. And like you is alluding to, he he's left a mark on the game, and he's he he almost changed it when he came in and and showed the next generation, you know, uh, what to do. And I mean, I I was I was too young to. Uh, to see much of him him play, but listening to guys that I grew up watching talk about Dino, um, it, it just shows how how much of an influence he, he has had on the game of cricket in Australia. Yeah, yeah, and you had a little bit to do with him. I did have a little bit. Funnily enough, I um I invited him along to a, a Victorian past players golf day, um, which is a great day. Uh, get out on the course a couple of couple yeah. of beers after. After the rounds and, and basically just, just talk cricket. But um... I can just get in there. I, I had some great partners over the years. You know, big Scotty Boland, who's a fine player. Uh, I think I played with Whitey one year. Yep. Forward Ahmed, if you're listening, <laughs> you rang me early, you got me. Um, shooting 130 just doesn't help the team. But sorry, <laughs> back to Dino. <laughs> to Dino. Um, yeah, so I invited Dino along and had heard. Heard stories that he was a pretty good golfer, but a very uh, a very competitive golfer. So um, we get we get to we get there, and uh, you know they hand out the scorecard, and um, and everyone's like, "I oh, don't really want to score none, none of this." And Dano's like, "I'll do it." Bang! Grabs the cards. It's like great. Dino, you look after it, and and I'll just fluff around and see what happens. Um, mate, we played. I played terribly. Dino played out of his skin. Um, and we uh, we walked off the course as the eventual winners at the end of the day. 
Yeah, for a lot of us that doesn't surprise. I reckon he had his um, winning speech written out before he actually got to the course. Okay. On those days, you know, <laughs> um, former tour professional, as he you know, used to like to say. Um, mm. But it was interesting, you know, last night, um, you know, the MCG, you know, a funeral. Um, he did his last lap at the MCG with with Jane and, and the yep. daughters, and, and well, I think you can only have seven other close friends there and in excess blaring. He was a big hard rock fan, um, yep. like Guns N' Roses too, because I've talked how much of a heavy metal freak I was. <laughs> really tough getting hard rock um, on the jukebox, but when Dino was captain, you know, we, we, we met uh, with in excess and um, obviously uh, Guns N' Roses, but yep. also Elton John playing. Now, he was friends with Elton John. Okay. We actually... Um, in 1991, we won the Shield out of the blue, Victoria. We didn't win it for about 15 years beforehand and didn't win it for about 15 years afterwards, right? Yeah. And it just, New South Wales and Western Australia were winning it all around us, you know. So, but for this one particular year, the ECB and Cricket Australia come up with um, a match between the Sheffield Shield winners and the county winners. So the WA and New South Wales blokes were spewing. Yeah. Where was this being played? So we played in England. Oh, even better. So we went over to tour. We played Durham the year they got into uh, county cricket and Dino was the professional next couple of years. And we played Essex and um, it was an amazing game. It was the first time, I mean, it doesn't happen as much in county cricket now, I wouldn't have thought, that they had two pitches because we had to play them in a one-day game and a four-day game and there was um, prize money for both. So there was a green pitch. And there was a pitch with no grass on it. So we thought, oh, we'll play them on the, um, the four-dayer will be on the green pitch, one-dayer on the, on the dry pitch, no, other way around. Oh, no, stitch up. So on a green pitch, we absolutely flogged them. You know, we had Merv and Dodders and um, our batting with O'Donnell and um, Lehman and Jones. Um, so we won that prize money. We play them on this dry pitch. So they battled the 350 and our, our spinner, if you can call him that, is Paul Jackson. <laughs> you know, he just got off the ball, uh, board, Victorian board. And yep. he's bowling and it's not turning a lot. So we're just going, oh, well, it's playing okay. So we go out and they've got two spinners, Childs and such, and they're turning it like mm. two feet straight away. So we get bowled out for 80, which, which Merv scores 45 because he yeah, was yeah. swinging and missing hitting sixes. <laughs> I remember going out to bat at like eight for um, like 70 and and he'd been filled in by a fast bowler called Neil Foster who had a really good bouncer. Took 100 wickets that year. I remember walking out and Merv comes out. He used to like talking. So I walked up and he he goes, come here, come here. And he goes, watch out for that Foster. He's got a real quicker bouncer. And as he says (laughs) it, though, I'm staring. He's actually got a, 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 what do you call it? A band across oh, yeah. the street being filled in. <laughs> yeah, man. A band over his nose. Yeah. I said, no, I can probably see he's got a good bouncer. Yeah, yeah, on the money. And then the second innings, we were eight for 60. I walk out, nerves 20 or 30 odd again, and it oh. started to rain. And so I got called off, and we won most of the prize money because we won the one day. But in the yeah. middle of it, uh, I'm rooming with Merv, and Darren Berry used to room with um, Dina. And so we get a call in our room and Merv goes, mate, do you want to go to Alton John's house? I've gone, oh. what? 
Of course we will. But talking to Chuck Berry before that, Chuck's rooming with him and um, the phone rings and Dino picks it up. He goes, yeah, EJ, how are you going? <laughs> and Darren Berry thinks there was a famous ex-footballer called Ted Witten yep. who was known as EJ. Yep. And he ran Adidas, Dino's at Adidas. So he's just thinking EJ's Ted Witten. So we go to his house in the middle of London and out the front it just looks like a nice house. You walk through the doors and then it just takes over, you know, like about three acres, indoor oh. swimming pool and um, and he knew all the scores, you know, the, you know, he owned Watford Footy Club at the time and oh, knew the cricket score, but it was just uh, amazing. But how flippant that, you know, DJ, Dean Jones just goes, hey, um, EJ, what are you up to? Yeah. No, but, but just to finish, you know, on EJ, uh, sorry, on Dino, um, you know, one of my favourite musicians, guitarist Eddie Van Halen, passed away yesterday. And I mm. think he's the greatest guitarist of all time, but that's debatable. But there is people in their fields that I think in, are innovators that inspire the next generation. And, you know, going, you know, Eddie was a, you know, finger tapper and shredder and all that sort of stuff. But for Dino, for that, flamboyance, the running between the wickets, the sunglasses, the um, telling Kirtley Ambrose to take off his sweatband, you know, bring it on, getting in the opposition's face. You know, that's where, you know, his lasting legacy will continue. And, you know, I know Mark Wall mentioned that, you know, potentially a statue at the MCG. Mm. And I'd be very comfortable with that because I think he had that bigger impact on not only Victorian cricket but but Australian cricket. And to play a couple of one days at the MCG with him, uh, to be fair, Warney was playing. It's eighty five thousand. There's an extra twenty twenty five thousand because of Dino and Warney. Yep, yep, hundred percent. And it's you're spot on. He has he is leaving a legacy on the game, which. You know, that's that's such an amazing thing to do. A lot of players can play the game and a lot of really good players can play the game and not leave a legacy as, you know, Dino has. Um, so, yeah, it was obviously very, very sad news. But, um, you know, what he's done for the game, I think, is is very, very impressive. And, you know, I love him for that. And uh, never lost a Victorian pass players golf game. Not one. Played in about 21. No. <laughs> a time for News with Pete. Beauty. We're going to start with uh, the women's Australian Australian women's took on New Zealand uh, up in Brisbane. All games at uh, Allen Border Oval, and the Aussies just got it done. Slam, just, yeah. just brilliant. T20s, they they were up two uh, one, got the series pretty easy, and the ODIs three uh, zip, a clean sweep. So, um, very very impressive stuff from them. They're now, yeah, like we mentioned earlier, they've got the 21 in a row, equal record with the men. Um, and I just see that going further and further and further. I reckon they'll, they'll just keep staying undefeated in the one day. It's bloody amazing to watch what they're doing. Well, the only thing that's really stopping them is, unfortunately, this pandemic. COVID. Yeah. Like they'd be having a fair few more one-dayers over the, over the summer. Yeah. Uh, 
But why, why I think it'll continue is, you know, it's amazing to think in that game three that they would score over 300 and, and, and smash New Zealand, but no Perry or Lanning. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And this is, this is the depth of this Australian women's team um, coming through. You can, you can score the highest uh, one-day total against New Zealand, the highest score at, at Allen Border Field when you've got two of your best bats missing. Uh, it just screens talent, depth in Australian women's cricket, and, and it's showing all the way through um, the lower levels that you go down yeah. as well. So uh, I think it's really, really exciting times what's, uh, what's happening there. Yeah, and competition for spots, that's, that's where every um, team's aspiring to, isn't it? That, that there's no complacency because um, someone gets an opportunity and you're mm-hmm. in. I don't see any obvious weakness either. Like, you know, Annabelle Sutherland, you know, coming in for Lise Perry in the all-rounder role. Yep. Um, well, she's only going to get quicker. Um, you've got Megan Shoot bowling big innies and you've got Annabelle bowling fast outies. Mm-hmm. Did you see? Did you see three. her first? Did you see her first ball in one day cricket yeah. for Australia? Oh, reared off a length, took a shoulder. Um, that's exciting. That's exciting. What's coming through? Yeah, and obviously a bouncer that got through the grill as well. You know, you know, I think the pace is the next thing that will increase, but mm. also you know that bounce off a length. But if you if the bouncer becomes a weapon. Yep. for the Australians, um, not only is there a bit of a fear factor, but you're messing with the, the, the batter's feet. Um, mm-hmm. There's more uncertainty. Um, you know, Haynes and Mooney, you know. Just, just brilliant. Just so assured, aren't they? And this is, this is something I wanted to touch on there, there Flem. Um, this team, this women's team, I think they have got some of the most clear and defined roles throughout the team and so far throughout my career the best teams I've played in everyone knows what their job is and everyone goes out to do their job do their role knowing that the rest of the team is going to do their role and do yeah. it to their best of their ability and you you can see it coming through like you've got Healy opening the batting clear role of go for it like get us off to a flyer and there was an interesting stat um Flem, where Alyssa, in her first 41 innings in, in one-day cricket, averaged 15.96. And this was because she's sort of went up and down throughout, um, throughout the order, probably didn't have as clear and defined uh, role in the team and obviously still finding her feet. But in the next 20-odd uh, to 30-odd that she's now been the full-time opener yeah. for Australia, clear and defined. She's averaging 55.52. Um, and that, that's great. And I think, I think whatever you can do for a player to clear their mind and, and cast out any doubt of what they have to do at a certain period of time is only going to make them perform better and better and better. And once yep. they get that consistency and that backing to do your role, and if you do that or if you try to do that, you'll get another game and you'll get another game after that, you, you just see this freedom coming through. Um, and to go on, like, we've got... You've but got even Hayne. Healy, Pete, you know, that final in March, that's exactly what she did in that first over. Yeah. 
Yeah, spot on. here on the back foot straight away. And if she'd got out playing that way, exactly, you know, Matthew Mott and Co would have said, well, that's your role. That's the way we want to play. That, yep. that, that's fine. So I think all teams are aspiring to get to that position. What else do you like? Exactly. Oh, um, loving their fielding. The women's team's fielding is ridiculous. Some of the catches they're taking, um, I've, yep. got, I've got guys in, the, in this Vic squad that's, that's dropping that. Um, <laughs> diving catches, mate. Carey in the T20s in the outfield. Uh, Gardner and Molyneux diving, diving around. Yep. Um, not only are they stopping runs, but they're, they're creating chances by moving so well. Great lines to the ball and then taking these opportunities, these half chances when they come. And that's, yeah. that's a huge thing. If you... It's so hard to take 10 wickets in a game. And if you have to go out there and miss a half, a half chance and you then have to essentially get an 11th or a 12th wicket to try and bowl a side out, you're just making your job harder. Totally agree. And yeah. it's not just the actual catching. It's the ground fielding that, that, that's um, stopping singles, stopping yep. ball going through that inner circle. So the batsman feels like, or the batter, um, you've got to play a big shot. Yep. Yeah. And go over really, the top. Exactly. And with, and it forces the error. So this is this is little like one percent of things that they're doing um, that's creating chances. You know, yeah, five exactly. balls down the track, five overs down the track. Uh, but they're all working together beautifully uh, to be able to 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 create these chances and win twenty one games in a row. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, it's also, awesome. I'm liking um, the spin department. Yes. The spin, yes. two left arm orthodox. Yep. Number one in the world. Molyneux yeah. is bowling like a veteran. Yep. And where, um, as a leg spinner, it's not loopy, it's fizzing. It's uh, that many revs she's putting on the ball, it's actually mm. curving into to right-hand batsmen. Yeah, um, is very exciting to watch. No bowl. trackers or full tosses. No, 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 no. So there's there's something going on um, every time she bowls. It, it she really looks to to give it a rip, um, which is what you want from your leggy. You want them to come out and and turn it and take the game on. Um, that's why you have them in your teams. You want them to be able to, to yeah. take those wickets and and break a game open. Um, and it looks like Wareham's yeah trying to do that as to the best of their abilities. And it's it's just awesome to watch. Um, and you touched on it there, Molyneux and, and Jonathan as well, just they never leave the stumps. So as a batter, you have to make a decision every ball because um, if you don't, you're out. And if you, or if you make a poor decision, you're out. Uh, so these, these girls are consistently putting the batters under the pump. Um, and again, that's, that's, that's why they're doing so well. Yeah, for a left-arm orthodox, you're sweating on a cut shot. Aren't you? You, you you're yeah. careful of the arm ball, but you you want to get a cut shot, and, and, and they, weren't, they weren't giving providing any. No, no, a couple of ripping deliveries are just you know outside outside edge, uh, top of the stumps, things that you kind of dream of as a left arm offie. And the opposition, there's no respite because youth's coming through too. We've already mentioned them, you know, Gardner and Molyneux, but Sutherland and McGrath. Um, you know that you can see that they're going to be ten-year players. Mm. Yep, yep, one hundred percent. In terms of um, 
that fielding as well. Uh, I think that's I think that gets led from Alyssa Healy behind the stumps. Now she's also just become the uh, the T20 record breaker, uh, record yeah. holder, overtaking Doni for the most dismissals ever in T20 international uh, cricket. Which in itself, if you if you're better than Doni in anything, that's just yeah. awesome. Like unbelievable stuff. Um, what I loved about this is that of the 92 dismissals, 50 of them are stumpings. So it's not like she's just standing there and catching the nick. She is creating chances and taking them, um, you know, when they come. And stumpings aren't easy. You've got batter moving around in front of you. It might go down leg. It might go under the bat. Uh, but she's not, she's not missing much there. And no, you know. She keeps very low. Yeah. Oh, she's very low, comes up with the ball. Um, and I suppose the other thing I didn't mention there was uh, Meg Lanning's 100. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Stopped. <laughs> Just a just a stock standard captain's knock there from from Meg Lanning. Just just come in, um, winning runs as well. So, no, beautiful beautiful stuff from her and the girls. No, great effort by the girls. What's up next, mate? Mate, we move on over to the IPL, um, and uh, some exciting things going on over there. Um, the one one bloke that's standing out for me. He stands out no matter where he is. Uh, you basically can't miss him. But uh, the big fella, Marcus Stoinis, again, um, making the news. Now, I'm a, I'm a little bit biased for him because I love him. I think yep. he's, a, he, he's amazing. But uh, the other night, he came in 53 off, off 26 balls, just taking the game away uh, from Bangalore, which was a previous team that he, he played for. Um, what I love... And what I love seeing at the moment with Stoney is that he looks, he looks so clear and present. So in between balls, he's off doing his thing. Like if you, if you watch him closely, like he does these little movements and if he misses a shot, he'll then practice like a very fluid kind of cut shot where he wants the ball to go. And he's, he's always just in the moment yeah. and ready to go. And then as soon as he, uh, as soon as he faces up, He's on. He's got his routine. He's got his. I'm sure he's got a couple of words he's saying to himself. But I'll, if I was a bowler, I would be bloody scared running in to bowl to him at the moment. Yeah, and I mean his improvement's been amazing too. He, you know, for the stars a few years ago, he opened and he'd find the boundary, but his strike rate was around a runner ball, a lot of dot balls. And then the last two years, he's just exploded, hasn't he? Opening up, you know, yep. using that the power play, but. But equally, he's made himself really selectable and adaptable. Is um, that there's not many players that can do that opening, but then still come in at six and seven and get their twenty five off ten. Yep. So he's doing both. Yeah, and they're very, very different roles. Flem opening the batting, you've got two fielders out, a brand new hard ball. If you, you can, you can miss hit it, and it can go for four or six. Yeah. And, and you've got the confidence to try and go over the top because the field is up. Now Stoin's Stoin's going over the top on his third or fourth ball with five men on the boundary. Yeah. So that is screaming confidence in his game at the moment. And I mean, whatever he's doing, it's it's just looking awesome. And Pete, what about his his bowling? It's really evolved over the years. So he obviously puts in the time um, to provide those variations. And what's he like playing with? He looks like he wants the ball in his hand. He wants the, when, and the key moments are there to be won. Yep, he's, he's a game changer. He's a game winner. Like that's, 
that's his mentality. That's what he wants to be. So whenever there's, whenever there's the opportunity to win the match, he wants to be batting or he wants to be bowling, uh, which is a great mentality to have going in because then already uh, you're ahead of the opposition. You're saying, I want to be here. I want to take this on. Um, and not many people want to take on Stoney on or off the field. So it's, it's quite an imposing. Well, he's a match. Figure. He gets man of the match awards. You know, he has yeah. a couple of quiet games, but these couple of 50s and then two for well, he yeah. won't go. Exactly right. Exactly right. And so he's going to, no matter what team he's in, say you've got 10 games for the season, you know, he might win. He might win you off his own bat and ball. He might win you two or three of those games. Yeah, I totally so, Right. That's that's there's two free games and then you've got your team to try and win the rest. Now that's that's a so much that's a much simpler way to look at it. It's like, oh, we only really need to worry about maybe eight games getting the team right together and then you know you might have another couple of match winners there. Um and it just makes it so much clearer. But yeah, Stoney he he wants it and there was a lovely moment. Well, lovely moment. There was quite a contentious moment um, in the game against Bangalore. Flem, I'm not sure if you saw it, where Saini uh, bowled him a, uh, a beamer and no. didn't, he didn't apologise. So he's the straight hand-to-head, got him on the glove um, and promptly cool. kind of just turned around and walked off, uh, walked back to the top of his mark. Now, if there's things you don't do in cricket... It's one you you do you've got to apologise so you don't just turn around and walk away. But you don't poke the storm. You know, incredible Hulk. You don't want to make him angry. No, and I'm pretty sure he turned green after this. And the next ball, uh, it was a free hit, but he's just sliced it over (laughs) uh, over backward point for four. Next one, actually, next one he got he got dropped out in the deep, but he was he was trying to hit it for six. Uh, and then he just went on his, his rampage, um, just like the Hulk did go through uh, New York City. Uh, Stoney went through Bangalore. Yep. So, yeah, there's a little less... All-rounders, you win with dominant all-rounders. Yes. Yeah, exactly right. What other Aussies are dominating, mate? Mate, um, one is flying under the radar a little bit, and I'd, I'd like to get him spoken about a bit more, but that's James Pattinson. Yeah. Okay. Um, if he's not named Mr. Consistent after this uh, IPL, then it's an absolute joke, mate. He's, he's basically getting two for 28 every game. Um, he's, so he's going, he's getting you two wickets. He's going at seven or just under seven and over uh, as, your, as a strike bowler. I mean, that's just... Superstar stats. It's great. It's what, like, it's, it's what you pay these guys to, to come over. Um, but Pato, It doesn't always happen like that, though. No, 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 it can go Definitely wrong. Quicks, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, we have been seeing Quicks are doing quite well at the moment over in mm. uh, in the UAE. Um, so why is that? Do you think they're, they're in the they're the leading wicket takers now? You know, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. I reckon it's got um, I it's got something to do uh, with the weather at the moment and a bit of the the conditions that, that's going around. Um, also, the pitches aren't too worn yet. Um, but in terms of the, the weather, it seems to be very, very hot. So there's a lot of sweating going on. Um, and also, that's creating you know, a bit of dew coming in as well. Yeah. So that, 
that just makes the ball really slippery to hold on to and it stops the wicket from having any kind of grip on it. Yeah, definitely. So as a spinner, you're trying to you're trying to spin this ball. If you've got no grip, it makes it a lot harder. So spinners will generally maybe just just bowl it out the front rather than trying to give it a big rip because they're worried about um, you know bowling a full toss when they if the ball slips out of their hand. And then because there's dew on the wicket, it's not turning off that either. So it's making it even harder for these spinners. Um, and then you add into the fact that they're playing on a couple of postage stamps, um, yeah. and, and a half hit goes for six. Uh, it's been a it's been a tough gig, but Flem, I reckon there's a there's going to be a little shift, I think, towards the back end of this tournament. We're almost approaching halfway of the IPL, and there's a there's a little change going on with the games, and I reckon it's got to do with with the wickets. We've seen in the first ten games, whoever uh, batted first won five, whoever bowled first won three, and two of them were ties. So it's a relatively even yeah. V-ball competition. Go to the second 10 games, whoever bats first won eight out of the 10 games. So that, to me, suggests that these wickets are starting to deteriorate a little bit and getting very hard to bat on second. And I think that's going to start bringing the spinners into play at the yeah. back end of this uh, of this tournament. So it just shows you've got to have the right squad haven't you for all different conditions so you're dominating now because you've got some good quicks but you're hoping that they've got two or three spinners um who who do you who do you think is going to win it uh mate i'm delhi capitals they just look like a complete a complete team at the moment yep and i'm enjoying punter the coach you know his his chats they're putting out on social media as well you know to think Years ago, that the, the coach would be doing that would be insane. Yeah. Um, can I? Can you get your thoughts on on, on this in particular? Um, it's hub life. They've got to keep themselves busy, and um, one of the legends of Australian cricket has, has got himself a guitar. Yeah. Okay. Stephen Smith. Yeah, I recognise that voice. Do you know the track? I've never seen that. I don't know, but I've never heard never heard Smudger with an American accent before. My guess is that they got That's a southern American accent, isn't it? Sounds a bit country, yeah. I've never seen Niagara Falls inside the prison walls. Niagara Falls inside the prison walls. So he's a South American prisoner. What do you reckon he got done for? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that has absolutely come from nowhere from me, I tell you. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, we'll be back to, to – it'll still be going, I reckon, the next time we do. So we'll get an update on – and particularly on those points that you said. Uh, mate, you're in Adelaide for the Shield. It's starting yep. this week. Um, uh, how are the Vicks uh, lining up? I saw – uh, Simon Macken from WA's made the squad. You talked about young Perry. Yep. Um, who, who are the uh, who, who's going well in preseason, mate? Well, yeah, such an interesting one preseason, and especially the preseason that that we've had this year as well, being very much get in, train, and get out. Um, 
but we were able to play a couple of practice games at the Junction Oval um, this these last couple of weeks leading into uh, leading into this two week quarantine to you know help us get a bit of time on feet. Um, and those two players there that you mentioned, Simon Mack and uh, Mitch Perry, uh, are doing really exciting things with the ball. Nice and nice and consistent. And you, you know, you expect that from a from an experienced bowler coming over. You know, it's, it's about him owning his game and putting his best foot forward in, in Simon Mackin. Um, and he's he's come over and pressed, uh, which has been difficult for him as well because he hasn't he moved over. And he wasn't part of the squad. So for, for most of our preseason, we actually haven't seen him. And yeah. then he's come in for the games or maybe a couple of weeks before the games. So I'm liking what he's doing. Yeah, and that obviously since he's you know gone down to Tasmania and, and Paddo's in the IPL, so there's there's been some some subtle changes there. And Tremaine's gone to New South Wales. Yeah. So Oof. there's that's three quicks from last year that we're we're looking to replace. And I think um you know, the, the owner sort of gets put on Scott Boland now as the experience. Um, and he's, he's actually jumped at the role. I've really, I've really been impressed with what Scotty's been doing this year uh, in the way that he's been coaching this young Beautiful. squad coming through. Now, it's not so much technique and, and all this stuff, but he's been talking to them about game scenarios um, and what you do and certain fields to be able to get a player to make a mistake, to be able to get the batter to, to force an error. And it's, it's been great to see because these young guys are just lapping it up and then coming out and executing it in the middle. Um, yeah, it's great. it's great. And it's also a big you know, change for, for Scotty as well. Like, you know, having been in different positions myself, there's nothing like, well, one, knowing that you're going to get a regular game, but also that you are seen as as the leader of the attack. It doesn't mean you'll take the most wickets, but mm. you know, you're the one that um, you know is is entrusted with making sure that uh, the fast bowling cartel go about their work in the right way and, yep. and and leaving a legacy for these young blokes down the track to to go keep keep continuing that sort that sort of culture. So it's really, really great to hear that. Yeah, and it's something that Scotty had when he came through, you know, so when he first came to the squad, he had guys like Haystow and Sids that would, and Clint McKay, that would take him aside and talk about the game and all that. And that's how this, this knowledge, you know, it gets passed down from generation to generation is, is these conversations, you know, that they either, they either happen in training, they happen in a game or more often than not, Flynn, they happen over a beer at the end of a game after you've been fielding for about 160 overs. Um, have they got beer facilities at the Karen Rolton Oval or Glenelg or there's a few of the outgrounds, Adelaide number two? I'm sure we can, I'm sure we can source, uh, source something there, Flynn. Sean, Sean Graffy is over here at the moment as well, oh, so, uh, where he is, um, you know, things, things get done. He tends to like the office. I can't believe he's decided to go out there. Not. Um, <laughs> A, and and the games themselves, Vicks have got a couple. I think a couple of other states have got a few more. But of the Test boys, you know, Stark, Lyon, Labuschagne, Wade, Head, Burns, um, they're all playing. Yep. Um, the next tier with yourself wanting to get that baggy green up, um, you know, Usman Kawaja, Green, Maninson and Wilpakovsky. Mm-hmm. How are those two boys tracking? 
unbelievable. Um, Maddo, since well, I mean, he, he's done his, his entire career, but but coming to Victoria, he, he's really just owned his game, um, and he knows what he needs. He knows what he wants leading into a game uh, or during preseason. Um, and he's just going from strength to strength. Some of the net sessions he's had, I've never seen a cleaner ball being hit. Uh, and then he came out the other week in the practice game and, and, and hit, our, uh, <laughs> hit our pretty strong attack uh, all over the park for 146 off 148 balls. Um, before he's saying, been doing this for two years, opening up. Yeah. And it's not just, I think he's averaging, he's averaging 70 or something over two years. But it's the, the run rate. Yes. And then yeah. you see him in the bash. He, he, he cannot score. <laughs> um, and he can't explain it. That's the interesting talking to him. But, no. um, but Sheffield Shield, he's taking it to a level that, um, you know, he's never been before. But um, it's, it's the, the amount of runs, but it's also the speed he's making him at. Yep, yep. He's really putting the pressure back onto the opposition. Um, which makes it so hard. Like it, whether whether he bats, uh, he bats anywhere in the top five for us so far, yeah. and in any position, he's come in and he's looked to score straight away, and that just puts the pressure straight back onto the opposition. Then they change their fields. He gets the field that he wants, and then he just manipulates the ball around. Um, and what about Will? Will cricket over the last couple of years. Yeah, really, really enjoying uh, what he's doing. And again, similar to Maddo, he, he's owning his game. He knows, he knows, yeah, what he needs leading in. And it's different. It's going to be different for every player. Um, but his, his, you know, his routine and his technique and all of that is just getting stronger and stronger with each uh, with each day, week, month that he gets to train. Um, and, you know, he came out in the practice game last week as well and scored 100, uh, a little bit slower than Matto. But, I mean, everyone scores slower than Matto. But, uh, no, he's, he's doing great things. Um, and I reckon, like, I can, I can see him in squads. I can see him playing for Australia for a really, really long time. Jeez. I'm very, very excited by what he's doing. And you're not the only teammate that talks that way, so... Good luck to them and, and yourself, Pete, um, getting into Shield cricket. I think it's South Australia and Western Australia that, that starts it off. Um, so good luck to everyone there. Hey, Pete, what about our guest this week? 11 time. T20 tournament winner. Uh, he done it all around the world as well. Um, saw his tweet straight after the game. Jeez, I'm sick of winning these things. Of course, it can be only one man. at Siri. Dan Christian, congratulations and thanks for coming on the Biology Report again, DC. No worries. Thanks for having me, Flem. G'day, Pete. Hello, mate. Nice it's to see you. Around the neck. Yeah, around the neck, mate. You love it. I haven't taken it off yet. <laughs> Does it what what's engraved on it? Uh, not too fancy actually. Just a tournament winner twenty twenty. Vitality blast. That's not the man of the match one then, is it? No, that's 
that one. <laughs> That's that in one. the package with all the others. Oh, one's a, one's a semi, one's a final. Yeah, I don't know which one's which one. For the audio version of this uh, of this podcast, um, the the matter of the matches and the uh, the the winning medal were, were very much on view, weren't they, Pete? When oh yeah, first, uh, yeah, 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 and even. Even just put in a couple of trophies in his tweet as well, just to make sure that everyone really <laughs> knew how many he's won. Hey, um, and mate, um, where are you rating it amongst your eleven? Um, well, Slim, I'm actually not sure where you've got your info there. That was my number. That was my eight. Um, T20. I suppose you're including the three shields, eh? Yeah. yeah okay, I was going to say, there's a three shields. We can do that. Yeah. Yep. But I've been sort of splitting them, generally talk about them between between formats. But, yeah. I, I, um, I apologise about that. 11, 11 uh, trophies, but... but yeah, it's, ele- it's 11 eight. titles, but, yeah. Eight, eight T20 titles, yeah. And then and then three Sheffield Shields with, with Pete and the uh, and the Vic boys, yeah. Um, where would I rate it? Uh, probably the most comprehensive. Um, in terms of how how strong we were as a team and how how well we played all through the season, we only had one little slip up against Leicester in uh, about the eighth round or something, and then our quarter final was a bit close as well against Leicester again. But apart from that, we we uh, we won every other game really really comprehensively. And was that um, I've, I've got a quote here from from Duckett talking about the calculated risks and taking risks early in, in terms of difficult run chases. Um, maybe just talk us through that a little bit. And was this something that came from you or was it more of a, a team uh, culture kind of decision? Uh, we had the, we're pretty lucky in our side. We had, uh, we mucked around with the order a little bit throughout the year, but we generally had Samit Patel at eight, who's the third highest run scorer in the history of the competition in England. <laughs> And then Imad Wazim at nine, who's batted in the top six for Pakistan. Yeah. So the beauty of that being with having such a long order, it just gives so much freedom to the guys up the top. And um, even if you lose a couple of wickets early in the first six, then you can just keep going. And generally, if someone has uh, generally if someone has a day out, then you know you knock off a quick forty or fifty and, and take those calculated risks, like say Pete. And then um, yeah, you can. You know, someone generally gets you over the line. And what about your role, DC? Slightly different one for this for this tournament. Yeah, batting wise, still the same. Still coming in around that sort of middle of the. I generally come in about the tenth over for knots, and then try and finish off after that. But uh, yeah, it was a diff- bit different with the ball. I, I bowled a lot more death stuff than this year than what I have done the last few years, uh, and that and that went all right. We had Harry Gurney got injured, uh, had a shoulder operation just before the tournament, which was which was really disappointing. At the time, but then we still had Jake Ball, who's played Test cricket for England. We had him sort of playing as the only sort of main seamer, and then I played as the second seamer to go with all of our spin. So, um, yeah, a bit of a different makeup, a bit of a different role for me. But yeah, it went really well. I got well. I was lucky that I didn't have too much. I didn't have to bowl in too many really difficult situations because our spinners did a really good job in the. Um, generally, took wickets up front in the first six, and then and then took them all the way through the middle. Was that because uh, you were skipper and you didn't bowl yourself in the tough in the tough periods, mate? And you just came in to take the wickets at the back end, or was that a team? Come down in the last shower, Pete. Did I? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, there were a couple of games when you had to bowl the difficult overs, but no, we were pretty lucky. There weren't too many of them. And speaking, 
Oh, sorry, you're not getting any younger. Um, you're 27 now. You told me. Um, yep. <laughs> how do you do? You, do you find you can get through the tournament? Yeah. You know, what, what What do you find as you're getting older? Is T20 short enough that you you know you don't notice a considerable dif, dis, uh, difference, um, and that you can get through okay? Yeah, I've been, I've got through got through this tournament really really well, really easily. Actually, it was uh, one of the one of the beauties of having having that extended break after the big bash and then not playing until I think my next game was about the 20th of August in the end. I was supposed to be over there in May. The big bash was, or the, the T20 blast was supposed to be on in May. So that extra couple of months was mm. a bit of a blessing in disguise. Ended up, had no niggles whatsoever and and was able to work on my fitness a bit. And yeah, and that went, ended up getting through the tournament really well. So it was uh, it was good, particularly leading into the big bash now. It was only, a, only a month or so break and then, and then back into it again. Yeah, I was going to say, you're looking trim. Uh, Christo, and, and I think maybe in this this time off as well, it looks like you've uh, worked on the golf swing, which I think has actually worked in nicely with your with your batting. Because um, I watched in the semi final, you hit four sixes in a row. <laughs> yeah. Just just to ask like, the game. Yeah, uh, as usual, Pete. I've been playing been playing a lot of golf, and that and that yeah, that was the other blessing of the whole uh, of not playing cricket all through. Sort of February, March, April before we went into lockdown at home. There, so, um, yeah, we got to play a lot of golf, which was which was lovely. So, um, so what what happened with the fifth ball there, mate? Yeah, there was one more ball left in the over. You didn't want to hit that for six. Either. No, I tried. I, I plinked it out to beat mid wicket. Ah. I, <laughs> I obviously didn't show that one of my highlights, but I uh, yeah, first one. I tried to hit Auburn for six actually. I shanked the first one, and then hit the next four, and then shanked the last one. So, uh, yeah, it was a nice, like your, it was sounds like your nice golf was well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and what, what was the atmosphere like at the games? Were, were there any crowds allowed in at all? None at all. Not not one. So uh-huh. they had the crowd noise playing through the speakers, uh, which was a bit weird because even when in your home games, then they, they had the crowd noise like celebrating when your own team lost a wicket, which wouldn't happen in England. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was a bit weird. Uh, but but you've both you've both played over there. It actually. It actually wasn't too bad not having a crowd because one of the things you find in England, you just get abused all the time, particularly by the away teams when you're when you're at the, um, you know, somewhere like somewhere like Headingley or Durham or or Lancashire, you um you just get absolutely nailed. So that was um yeah, it was nice not to have to put up with that. And you talked about the bash, mate. So um, hopefully by the time you're about forty-one, you you played for the eighth franchise. So win one at the sixes and move on. Is that the plan? Oh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, might might try and win a couple there and, and see how we go. I've got two years there, so <laughs> win two more there and win two more there, and then see how we go. I might try. It might end up back down and try and help Pete. Try and help Pete <laughs> win nine down at the down at the Canes. Yeah, had a good time at the Canes the in the the first time. Um, no, well, I'm uh, yeah really looking forward to to going back to Sydney and and. Uh, yeah, playing some cricket back at the SCG. It was um, got some very fond memories of starting my career off there. So, yeah, hopefully, it, hopefully it goes well. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it will, mate. You're doing good things in all T20 teams, so you're bringing something which is just. It's exciting. <laughs> it's a shame I'm not playing with you. Uh, he's no, the man. Thanks, hey, Christo. I, when I rang you, I said we've been having a little segment. You know, picking themed elevens or or something. Uh, along that lines, what what have you got for us on this podcast? Well, I, I had a bit of a think, and I'll, I 
went down the path of sort of best eleven and then worst eleven. Yeah. Not so much worst eleven that I'd that I'd played with, but more of a worst eleven that's ever that potentially would have ever played the format. So uh, this is T twenty. T twenty. Twenty eleven. Yep. Yeah, um, and it's it's the bowling attack was the hardest thing to pick, so we decided just not to do a bowling attack at all, and I've sort of changed it to a top five, a top five worst potential. 2020 cricketers. So these guys, as far as I know, have never played 2020 cricket. Um, is it based on, I think you said it was based on one day uh, stats, like strike. Yeah, based on their on their ODI stats or, or just their, or even their, even in some cases, their test performances. Um, so we'll go through them and I'll, yes. I'll, I'll give you the top five on, on top five blokes who I think would have been no good at T20 cricket. <laughs> Might be a bit harsh. Might be a bit harsh that they'll be no good at it. But anyway, we're going to start off with Mudassar Nazar. Yes, who's a Pakistani opening batsman. Uh, and his the reason for including him was in 1977. He recorded the slowest ever Test hundred, which was off 449 balls. That's uh, something like uh, ten hours uh, increased. Ten hours. Uh, and he's also got. Uh, coincidentally, he's also number four on the list of the worst strike rates in ODI history. Ended up playing about 115 games. So, yeah, Madassa Nazar was number one. Yeah, I tell you what, he was a handy little medium pacer, Madassa Nazar. But um, I think career strike rate of 51 in internet one day cricket. Yeah, fair call. Yeah, not he's he's not first picked in the T20 team with with numbers like that. Uh, number two. Uh, I've got Bruce Edgar, the New Zealand opening batsman. Uh, and the reason for picking him was he's got the lowest strike rate in ODI history of 49.23. Oh, wow. So if Bruce bats half of, let's say he opens a batting in a T20, that's 120 balls. He's probably going to face half of those balls, which gets us to 60 balls. He's going to get 30 not out. That's, uh, <laughs> that's not really getting your team off to a flyer. Fair enough. Number three, the great Jeff Boycott. Oh, yeah. I didn't go through Jeff's stats, but his quick info profile, the first sentence of his quick info profile reads, if ever a defence appeared to be impenetrable. <laughs> I thought that just, that's uh, Jeff's not. That's he's, and he's, and he's, quite, he's quite vocal about the T20 game as well. So, On a swinging um, day in Headingley, first day of a test series, that is a good attribute. On a flatty in Sharjah in the IPL at the moment, that's not a great attribute. No, no, you're not defending too many balls in, in Sharjah at the moment, are you? So, no, Jeff, I think we'll leave Jeff out of that one. <laughs> and our next two are a couple of Aussies. Oh. One who I wasn't really expecting to to pick until I had a look through the numbers and, and found that this bloke has got the slowest ODI century in history, which came off 166 balls, and it's the great David Boone. But what? Wow. Yeah, debatable, hey? And then you go back through Booney's, Booney's uh, ODI numbers as well. He, he, his strike rate was not that high at all through his career. It was only in the mid-50s, mid to high 50s. So, yeah, and having that, I thought having a record like that, the slowest ever, I thought that, um, yeah, no, that, that the, might get him a run. That deserves it, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have picked that. I mean, 
in that era, you know, that, that was, the, and even when I first played for Australia, the number 45 off 15 was still very strong. And Yeah, that was, and that was getting booted off to a flyer. Yeah. Uh, and then one of his, one of his, he would have played a lot of cricket with this bloke. The the, the last one picked, I'm going to say, is Swampy Marsh. <laughs> now, being being the father of probably the two two of the best T20 players in the country, he uh, he obviously helped him out with the technique swamp, but I don't think he helped him out with the aggression. So he uh, he's had a, a test strike rate of 35. <laughs> Come on, Swampy. And then his ODI strike rate was only 55 as well. So, uh, yeah, not obviously a, obviously an extremely good cricketer in his time, and 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 uh, you know his defence was was near on Jeff Boycott impenetrable, but, but Nine, uh, certainly not. Certainly starting to get off to a flyer. Nine hundreds average forty, but yeah, a strike rate of 55 for Swamp. Yeah, and so yes, yeah, I mean I say worst worst five worst five is probably a bit harsh, but. You can only go on the statistics, I guess, Slim. And you're a stats guy, Siri, mm. aren't you? Stats um, guy, yeah. I like every night and then I like looking them up, yeah. Pete, any thoughts on that? Any additions, potentially? Yeah, I liked it. A couple of, couple of additions. And one I thought you might sneak in, being that he's, uh, he's a new coach. But Greg Shippard, uh, I thought could have been a touch as he's, I think, got the record or at least had it for a while of the slowest first-class hundred and slowest first-class double hundred. Just to get in there to back you up, Peter, mm-hmm. uh, he lost the slowest hundred in 89-90 when Ooh. Mark Greatbatch from New Zealand in the second innings blocked the Perth test and beat Shippy's record, if you can you call go. it beating. So he's got the second Next one. week, Victoria plays Tasmania down at Launceston. Shippy gets his record back. <laughs> I remember bowling a ball and it actually fell asleep by the time it got down to ship. <laughs> and the thing about Shippy, you always thought you are going to get him LBW, right, because he used to play right back, no back lift. Then he just worked it down to third man for one. Mm. The back so up. I'm with you. Good good call, Pete. Yeah, it's quite funny, though, because he's, he's a great P20 coach. <laughs> so he, he knows the game. He just may not have been able to clear the rope himself. Uh, another one say, another right there. Uh, Matthew Mott coaching the women's T20. Yep. He was the, the, the blockologist for Queensland Olympics. <laughs> but yeah. doing great. Brendan Nash was another one. I, I considered Brendan Nash, who ended up playing for the West Indies, and, and he was a, ended up being a very, very good player. Well, he was a very good player. And he, uh, I remember, I can't remember who the Shield game was against, but I reckon he batted a whole session up at the Gabba one day and only scored one for the whole session. He's not out. I that's don't think that's getting transferred into two T twenty cricket. Not at that stage, no. Any last uh, So we went the other way as well though, Flem, and and I chose the best eleven twenty twenty cricketers that I've played with that oh, yeah. I've been able to get onto the field with. Yeah, nice. Uh, which end up being really difficult because when you end up playing for as long as I don't play for as many teams, you, you come across them you yeah. come across a few players. And you can only pick yourself once. <laughs> yeah, I didn't choose myself in this one. I've left myself out of this team. There's no way I'd get selected in this team anyway. It's ridiculous. Oh, this could be awesome. Far away, mate. Uh, Chris Gale, number one. Yeah. Self-explanatory. 
um, he's got the highest, comfortably the most number of hundreds in T20 domestic cricket. It's up around 22, I think. The next highest is about seven. Awesome. I've got Shane Watson opening the batting with him. Yeah. Uh, I was lucky enough to see the best of Watto in, I think it was about the 2012 World Cup, T20 World Cup over in Sri Lanka, where he was just absolutely on fire. He was smacking every that had come on playing these like he'd either slog sweep them or he'd rock back and pull them. He was just in rare form uh, that. in that back tournament, back. and he's still going. He's just got back-to-back fifties in the IPL as well at thirty-nine, and so yeah, still, still going. However, I'm I'm picking I'm picking Heyday Shane as an all-rounder, so he's going to offer me some overs as well. Yeah, nice. You know, he um, missed out on another DRS overnight. I did see that one actually. <laughs> I saw that one, and I saw Paddy Cullen's covering his mouth, trying not to laugh when he when he went out, when he went up for it. <laughs> I, I love I love Bucky Rogers' story though. Stories, you know, from England when Watto's copping it left, right, and centre, and he get hit in front and walk down to Bucky and go, "What do you think?" And and Bucky go, "Go upstairs." That hit that hit you outside the line. <laughs> I'm burning him. So what are the other opener? Number three, A.B. De Villiers, who I played with. Oh, I'll tell you where I played with these guys as well. I might as well add yeah, that yeah. in. So Gail, I played with Gail at RCB in the IPL and then again in the uh, South African in Zambia League for Johannesburg the last couple of years. Uh, Watto played some games for Australia with and also at the Brisbane Heat. A.B. De Villiers, I've got it three. Played with him at uh, Royal Challengers Bangalore as well. Mike Hussey at four. Whoa. The reason I've got the hustler in there is, is is almost on, he was obviously a brilliant player for a long, long time, but it's almost on one inning. Uh, and it was the semi-final of the 2010 World Cup over in the West Indies against Pakistan uh, in St. Lucia. And we needed 23 to win off the last over and Saeed Ajmal was bowling it. And at that stage, Saeed was, was probably the best bowler in the world. Um, and and no one had he'd been going for, you know, 25 off his four for most of the tournament. And yeah, we needed 23 off the last and, and Huss smacked him all over the place and got us into that final against uh, against England. So Mike Huss at four. That's why he's Mr. Cricket. Yeah. I don't know if he's test cricket or one day cricket. or t- He's just Mr. Cricket. Dismissed the cricket. Um, MS Dhoni at five and the wicket keeper. Uh, played with MS at Pune in the IPL. The Super Giants. Still seems to be getting it done. <laughs> um, number six is Andre Russell. Oh. Who played with at Knotts, had a season with him at Knotts, and then also over in the Pakistan League for the Multan Sultan. So he'll uh, yeah start to offer along with along with MS. He just continues having a, having those guys with a bit of power in there, and he'll give us some overs as well. He can bowl up front and bowl at the death as well. Might be, might be the greatest ever in the mm. short T20 career. Yeah, yeah he's, and he's won a he's won a hell of a lot of titles as well. I'm not sure on the number, but he seems to win everywhere he goes as well. Not eight. I don't think he might actually be eight. We'll see. I'll have to check on that one. In the league, Tyron, yeah, Tyron Pollard at seven. He can offer offer us some overs as well. I played with Polly at South Australia before the before the big bash, the proper big bash started. Yep. 
and yeah, just someone that can clear the pickets like Polly. I think you just got to have someone like that in the team. Dwayne Bravo at eight. Played with Dwayne in the Renegades Caribbean League in the Caribbean League for Trinbago and played a lot against Dwayne as well. We played under 19 together. Oh wow! Back in oh, nice. against each other. Sorry, back in the day. So. Um, yeah, he's been around a little while as well. Highest we get taker in 2020 cricket, and yeah, offers a bit of offers some hitting, and obviously he's bowling down there at eight, number nine, Shahid Afridi. Oh, he's going to give us some spin options. Played with him at South Australia as well. He was the other overseas with Kyron Pollard, and I was at oh. South Australia. Um, and what then was Boone like Indian off the field, DC? What was he providing off the field? Actually, didn't see much of him. <laughs> okay. There was a funny. Yeah. We did have a funny. There was a funny instance that uh, in the Pakistan league last year, we had um, Johan Bota was our coach, and we're on the bus ready to go to the game. This is game day. We're on the bus going to the game, and the bus was supposed to leave at I don't know four o'clock to get there for the you know six o'clock game, leave the hotel, and uh, Bota's phones ring. Phone rings at three fifty eight, and it's boom boom. And he says, Coach, I'm not playing today. <laughs> he just didn't turn up. He didn't come to the game. He that wasn't was feeling it. well. So he just didn't come. <laughs> That's what Boom Boom can do. He can eat cricket it's ball. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not playing he today. He can't be bothered playing. He's not playing. <laughs> 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 so he stayed home that day and then he played. Yeah, he felt all right. In the next game. And he played the next game. Oh, That's nothing. Do what you want when you're Boom Boom. You do whatever you like. <laughs> We've got another leggy at 10. Imran to here. Played with Imi at Knotts as well, and then also at Pune the year I got to play with uh, MS. Uh, yeah, gun spins it both ways. Still going. I think he's about 42, 43 now, Imi, and, and still doing a great job. So. I just feel like Tahir took celebrations into the T20 era, that a mm. celebration could be part of your fitness program. Because they were 30, 40 metre sprints towards the outfield, wasn't it, with the big... High speed. Yeah, minimum, speed. yeah. He's running off the backward square leg. 50, yeah, he 60, could have 70 a career at T20 Fitness um, mm. based on his celebrations. That, that could be massive. <laughs> All right. And then my number 11 is Big Sean Tate. Oh. Who I, I think... had to pick for... I had to pick for a couple of reasons. One, he's, he's, uh, he's going to be my celebration partner at the end of the game. Oh, yeah. That's key. And um, and secondly, playing with him, playing with him, particularly in sort of the late the late two thousands at South Australia when he was opening the bowling for us, and that's when he was bowling upwards of one hundred and fifty five to one hundred and sixty k's an hour, um, and you're standing in the slips back, literally back on the circle at the Adelaide Oval, and, and um, just awesome to watch swinging it. And yeah, he was just brilliant to watch that. At full tilt, and then he'd get it, and then he'd get the old ball reversing into the reversing into the stumps later on. So, um, yeah, that's a uh, that was the eleven I came up with. The blokes, the blokes that I left out, the blokes that I yeah. had to leave out: Warner, Finch, McCullum, Hayden, Dave Hussey, oh. Cam White, Brad Hodge, Ben Stokes, Stuart Broad, Mitch Johnson, Kumar Sangakara, Owen Morgan, Virat Kohli, Murali, Dale Stain. Dan Vittori, Brett Lee, Mitchell Stark, Steve Smith, nice. Sonny Narayan, Glenn Maxwell, Sean Marsh, KG Virabata. Yeah, some some, so some pretty good players I had to leave out of there. Yeah, yeah about five teams. 
Yeah, but it's also, you know what, I, you know, the great thing of T20 is the ability to make friends or have teammates from so many different countries and cultures. Yeah, that, 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 that has, been, that that has been a pretty awesome part of it, yeah. Would love to apply. Pete, yeah. what about that team? Well, obviously an unbelievable team and, and just showed the strength with the people being left out. Um, but I like you've, you've sort of taken the knots approach as well. You've gone with the uh, bat deep right down to number nine, guys who can clear the, clear the fence. So you've, you've bred confidence into your top five there. You're going to come out and swing their asses off. Uh, and if that fails, then number nine, eight and seven will get the job done anyway. Yeah, exactly right. And just, if, if that team gets bowled out, they're going to get bowled out for 200 in the 15th over. Yeah, so take it on, mate. Get a game moving forward. <laughs> I, I'd exactly feel more right. comfortable um, with that team, with maybe Jeff Marsh at five, if you lost it. <laughs> <laughs> Just holding it together in case you lose a couple of early ones. <laughs> hey, Christo, thanks for coming on the Biology Report again. Well done. Um, you know, use the hub time to plan the ninth title because mm-hmm. it'll probably come. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully in the big yeah, yeah. All right, settle down, Flynn. Other, other teams there as well, mate. Um, also want to a shout out to our Prague listener in the last two weeks. We had one listener from the Czech Republic. I, I believe he plays for the Prague Spartans Vanguards and they're up against the PCC Rooks this week. So good luck to the Spartans. And, luck, and, Spartans, and boys... Yeah. Um, DC, I don't know if you um, check this out on, on – I know you're very prolific on Insta. Um, whereabouts is this guy? D- did you have a listen to this? We just recorded live. So they say I'm missing out. Oh. <laughs> I'm the artist. You swear to me that that. The great Stephen Smith. I, uh, I I can't say I listened to the full the full two minutes of it. I only listened to the first sort think, of fifteen I seconds. If you're late for the bus, enough. if you're late for the bus, they make you listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's your penalty. Hey boys, thanks a lot for the biology report. Uh, Peach and Smithy, take us out. Yeah, get him back on, mate. See you, boys. Good luck. If I seen you in tears for this episode you just saw. Felt like more than just a show. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.